0: You're listening to B A U Business as Unusual, the podcast that speaks to the people behind the movements, organisations, and ideas that are shifting the way we think, interact, and transact.
1: Sandra Steve, Cass, the journalist. We just had her on the line. It was it was really special to speak to her and understand where she's coming from. She's coming out of a shack in in sydney but she's also coming from a very good place and she's come out of abc and into verve super which is a super fund designed to educate and empower women across across their financial sector i suppose what were some of your take-homes from that conversation joe
2: yeah like i think it was i mean it was great i mean obviously Cass has had a huge kind of um part in terms of actually getting ladies we need to talk um which i I love <laughs> as a podcast off off the ground. Because I, I do think, you know, as, as Cass kind of goes on to around kind of this intersection between that there's a lot of undiscussed um, things when it comes to financial literacy, particularly amongst women, and probably the, the gap that starts to exist between, um really the, I guess the super balance of a male and the super balance of a female and how we can actually start to counteract that but I think as Cass kind of goes into is that what's really interesting about Verve is that it's actually trying to do that through education but then also through ethics in mm-hmm. terms of Really, the rebalance that's actually going on is actually starting to think about how we invest our money, and particularly in a a week where kind of Paul Keating has uh, come onto the the ABC on seven thirty, kind of talked about the importance and the relevance of um, our super industry here in Australia, and how it's you know is now is the third largest pot of money in the world, and it's really the best way that we can actually impact things like climate um and the kind of the emergency that we actually face is that we have a pool of money that's actually going to help us um walk the walk
1: 100 i feel like it's financial democracy if we get it right like what australia could really do if we understand the power and it's so good to hear a bit of news getting around that and hopefully ears on that and now we've got Cass in verve hopefully a little bit of a louder voice coming out of that sphere so without further ado
2: So, Cass, thanks so much for taking time to join us uh, today. So, if you can just start off by just letting the listeners know where we find you.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Um, so, I live in Sydney. I moved here about three years ago now from Melbourne. Um, and I live in a, a beach shack by the ocean.
1: <laughs> Beautiful. Sounds, sounds Not a bad place to be yeah. shacked up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's been pretty good during COVID to have views of the water, Um yeah, it could be worse.
1: So you've adjusted well. Um now you've moved from journalism over to verve How has that been and it's been in and amongst Covid, hey?
3: Yeah. So it's been a, it's been an amazing change. Um So, working as a journalist, um, you're very self-directed and autonomous and I guess quite granular focused sometimes when you're really diving into a story and trying to unpick the best way of telling that story. Um, And now I'm working for a company which has a structure beyond just, I guess, what's going on in my brain. Um, And so, you have to sort of Fit within, um, fit within a broader picture, I guess, and and learn how to work within a brand and thinking about how you use voice and really clever and fun and strategic storytelling, but through the lens of what suits the brand. Um, and that's been that's been a big shift for me, um, and a, a moment of. Real growth because I've never done that before, <laughs> um, but it's been it's been good to to have a job um, and have a something that feels solid and secure because that's not something that's that that I've always had in my life. And I realised this year that it was something that was very important to me to um, to try and have something that felt secure because obviously the whole world was imploding. <laughs> yeah. um, So, yeah, just having something that you could count on where you could use your skills um, in a way that adds meaning to the world, um, yeah, was something that was, was important.
2: Fantastic. And before we get into the kind of the the story of of Verve and kind of what actually goes behind it makes it so so interesting and so special. I mean, can you can you talk to us a little bit about kind of you know your step out of journalism? I mean, when you look back, I mean, what do you think the actual state of journalism in Australia actually actually is? So obviously, it's moved into a space where certainly things are they feel less secure, um, for sure. But are there other kind of trends that are actually kind of going through journalism when you look back on it and you kind of go, well, that's that was kind of an interesting thing about it or kind of something that has actually changed dramatically in the time that you were in it?
3: Mm, that's a good question I think ever since I've I stepped inside the world of journalism it's been shifting and changing and um, I, I spent all of my professional life inside the ABC so that was about five and a half years um, and the ABC was going through a lot of change and um, you know, ever since I sort of stepped in the building. So I got used to dealing with change on the reg. But thinking about specifically what, has shifted i mean i started in radio and i was working in regional south australia as a rural reporter waking up at you know five in the morning and presenting the rural report which is a 15-minute radio show all about agricultural issues and you were speaking directly to farmers on issues that affected them um and that training was amazing because it, it taught me how to use the audio medium, but it also taught me how to file a news story and how to work a digital story. So, we did all our own photography and all of our own writing uh, for online. And the pressure to file for online was, was there. So you not only had your rural show, but you also had online obligations. And I think the trend that I saw um, through my time in the ABC was, was the importance of digital content. Um, there's so much of it out there and of course you don't want to be sort of adding to the noise but what the abc does provides a really important service to the australian public so often the stories that the abc tells others don't so it's important that those stories also exist in a digital way so it's essentially becomes a part of the um, the fabric of of society it's like a it's a resource that you can kind of count on so I guess to summarize the main shift that I saw was the fact that you had to file to multiple platforms as a journalist (laughs) it wasn't enough to file just for radio Um, we were expected to file online stories and do our own uh, photography and occasionally file television stories and I think that that's a big shift in journalism that we've kind of been broadly seeing for a long time uh, that people have to be multi-skilled and that's you know you know that doesn't just apply to journalism that applies to so many different production and digital environments we can't just be good at one thing anymore um and then i guess the other big thing was that podcasting exploded and I was lucky enough to work on one of the ABC's best performing podcasts so I got looped into Ladies We Need To Talk which is basically like a, um, a feminist podcast that dives into women's sex health and relationships and so I, I started working uh, that's why I moved to Sydney to work on the podcast and I produced seasons two three and four Uh, with Yumi Steins and we made about 50 episodes together and became very close friends in the process. Um, And so, you know, I never would have dreamed of working in podcasting. I listened to podcasts when I was like 18, 19, um, all American centric podcasts. But, uh, you know, when I started my journalism career, we didn't really have a scene in Australia. So, um, I think You know the ABC is filled with really really talented people who work in radio and a really obvious shift is for a lot of those people to to be working in podcasting.
1: For sure you've you've had a quite a varied career even in your five years at the ABC. I was hoping whether you could talk to I don't know it's something that I can see happening in the journalism arena I suppose in the post-truth era it's where journalism or journalists are sort of hired out a similar role to what you're landed in now at Verve where you're very skilled multi-skilled but now you're writing for a brand Um, do you feel like journalism is heading a little bit that way and as companies try and I suppose position themselves not only their brand but also as provocateurs of what's morally just or trying to produce original content do you feel like there's a shift there about who's producing um, journalism, more original content, and thus changing the um, the journalist arena.
3: Just in that, more journalists are being essentially hired in the the private sector yeah. because there are less jobs. Yeah, look, I mean, it's an obvious. It's an obvious. Uh that's an obvious thing to conclude and I don't really keep abreast of the job market to know whether or not that's Mm. truly valid or not. But I think that, um, anecdotally and what your gut might tell you, (laughs) it's probably true. I mean, journalists, uh, have some pretty good skills in storytelling and also critical thinking. Um, And of course, that's advantageous for companies to hire people like us who know how to tell a story with cut through Um, and, you know, tell a story with integrity. Like, I think that that's something that's um, working in the ABC really taught me that it's such a privilege that you can tell stories through um, the lens of not trying to push a commercial product or not trying – just not having an agenda – um, your ag- agenda is is serving the Australian public, and of course, uh, your own editorial um, opinions come into come into play. You know, you think about what's important and what's not important, and that, and that judgment guides the kinds of stories that you tell. Which is why it's so important to have diverse people working in Australian media, so you can get a diversity of perspective. Um, but yeah, I mean, as jobs <laughs> become more limited in the journalism world and companies need to have a greater digital footprint and, and marketing and, and brands that need to cut through, um, you know, all, all of that stuff is, is is all, is all, I suppose, part of a culture of, of perhaps more journos working in the, the media comms field. Um, So, yeah, I would say that observation is probably on point without having read much data that sort of looks into that specifically.
2: (laughs) Very good. And talk to us a little bit about then the kind of the the transition across to to verb super. Um, I mean, what, what makes Verve in your mind so, so special? I mean, in terms of kind of, um, I'm sure you had kind of um, different ways you could have actually gone, but why did you actually choose Verve? Perhaps give us a little bit about the background about Verve and what it is that it actually is making it so special and what is it trying to achieve?
3: Yeah, I, I think I've always tried to make decisions in my life uh, driven by my moral compass Um, and I had that privilege in the ABC for a long time and so stepping out was a was a really hard thing for me because I could never sell Nike shoes I could never push a product um, that I didn't believe in and that uh, was pushing consumerism and adding to bad stuff in the world and um, superannuation for something for, in my books is something that I really believe in. And I've been a nerd about my super for a long time and voluntarily have put money into my super ever since I started, um, earning money. Um, and so working for a company that is all about basically setting you up for a equitable and fair retirement system, um, is something that I could kind of get behind. So I should have started to say that Verve is Australia's first ethical superannuation fund for women by women. So the way Verve works is that they only invest in companies that create a bright future. So they don't invest in tobacco companies or gambling or, um, the fossil fuel industry. They only invest in things that, um, basically make the world a better place. And I guess the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that, um, a lot of superannuation companies invest in, uh, in some pretty nasty stuff. So one of the most powerful things people can do is to to invest their money whether or not it's their superannuation or who they bank with um to invest in companies that don't support things that they don't believe in themselves so that's a that was a huge thing for me to to be a part of a company that actually did good things for the for the world um and You know working on the podcast ladies we need to talk in the ABC was all about um, shining a light on gender inequality and elevating the status of women we you know we worked on episodes around like anxiety or painful sex or miscarriage and you know all of these different things that sort of can make life more difficult for women and it had a it had a sort of a strong feminist agenda and Verve has a strong feminist agenda we you know we only invest in companies with at least one woman on the board and do a whole range of things to improve women's financial literacy so you know whilst it can be a bit of a shift going from the world of independent journalism into the world of working for a company for me it was something that felt really natural. It felt like a really good fit for me to be to be involved in a company that really supports women. So yeah, it's 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 been a really interesting ride.
0: You're listening to B A U, Business as Unusual. The podcast that speaks to the people behind the movements, organizations and ideas that are shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Your hosts, Patrick Beggs of Per Production, a production house that works with organisations to create media that strengthens culture and communicates that culture to the world. And Joe Rogers, CEO of The Contenders, a brand agency famous for crafting brands which deliver results for those who work for them, shop for them and support them. For more information, head to baupod.co. And if you find this podcast insightful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to our conversations.
1: Hey, I was interested in your journalistic take. I suppose journalism or a journalistic mind looks at the way culture shifts. And it sounds like you gravitated to super before getting on with Verve. What made you gravitate there? Was it just personally setting yourself up? Or did you see something a little bit bigger there happening in Australian um, political and social society about where money goes and and shape society that we live in.
3: I think it was more of a personal thing. I'd like to say I was <laughs> I was <laughs> smart enough to be looking at society, <laughs> but um no, I think that financial security when I'm older is something that I've that has just been instilled in me from a young age. Um, both of my parents um have had situations where they've had to recalibrate at a particular age and I watched that unfold and I thought to myself I just want to make sure I'm in a position like a secure position when I'm older and I think that a little bit of sacrifice today can can mean a lot when you're 60 and or 65 whenever we can retire and I think when we're young we often think that we'll always be employed because you know when you're in your 20s and 30s or let's say when you're in your 30s and you've been in the in the workforce for five or six years you're fairly attractive to companies if you've got some experience under your belt um but ageism is a really big issue in the workforce and I have just never taken for granted my employment (laughs) so I I think it's made me a diligent saver because um i'm just always mindful that you know i might have a period of unemployment and so in that way it's kind of just made me think about uh my money when i'm older so that's kind of why i started doing it from a young age um and i guess in the last couple of years we've seen a really big shift in public consciousness toward more ethical investing um and I think it's a really interesting push, and it's a it's a great push because collectively people do have the power to shift uh, what happens economically uh, inside a system that's sort of inherently often doesn't really care about the everyday person you know if if people start to invest their superannuation in renewable energy that means that there's less money in the fossil fuel industry and that there's more money to create energy sources from uh, renewable outlets and that's that's an amazing thing that that people like that's an amazing power that people have and they and some people realize it and some people don't but I think the fact that we're seeing more people care about this stuff is a really, really amazing shift. And it's really important because so many people might, you know, cycle to work or use a keep cup or use their recycled bags when they go shopping. But if your money is being invested in a dodgy, in in investments that don't line up with your own ethics, it's like, well, What's the point in using your keep cup? So, um, yeah, it's. I think it's. I think it's a great shift. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, same same on, on certainly on my end. I mean, I thought I thought it was really really interesting uh so Paul Keating for example uh was on 7:30 a few days ago talking about, you know, the the notion that Australia actually, you know, one of our kind of primary resources now is not actually iron ore. It's actually our super funds, right? Mm-hmm. So the the idea that we sit on a very very large pot of money as a country and the difference that can make in terms of actually ensuring that kind of, you know, um, we can actually help this shift against things like, you know, kind of, um, you know, a kind of warming planet, um, you know, the kind of climate emergency that we're actually in, etc. And I thought what was most interesting about actually what he was talking about was that that. Australia really kind of the, we've actually reduced, um, you know, to to your point, Cass, around this idea that actually people broadly they we, we less we're less and less dependent upon the state to actually support us in in old age. And you know, I thought the the point and kind of part of the question I wanted to to pose back, particularly because Verve is female-led and kind of is actually trying to focus on the on the female agenda, is that one of the things we haven't been able to do as of yet is actually close the gender gap in super. Um so I mean kind of from from your perspective I guess when you kind of look at that that gender gap and uh, you know kind of one what do you, what do you kind of um think about that from an individual perspective but as a kind of a, as a verb super thing it does feel that, that that is that part of the ethical mix and the way that you're actually trying to I guess educate um your your members and ensure that they're actually able to um to be self-sustaining in in retirement
3: Yeah so the main reason why women retire with substantially less super than men, and it's currently about 35% and that, that statistic shifts, um, but it's a sizable amount less. And the, and the real reason is because women take time out of the workforce to raise children and also because they make up the majority. I think it's something like 70% of part-time workers in, um, in Australia um, where, you know, I think it's something like 90% of the primary caregivers of children. So the, the, um, the weight of those child-rearing years really falls on women um, and that's something that we're seeing shift a little bit but the statistics are still the statistics. Women take up the bulk of it. So if you're out uh, looking after children or you've got caring responsibilities, um, you're you're not you're not earning superannuation. And how do you fight that? It's 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 hard because we should never judge women for the decisions that they make. But I think that it's important to question the the system that 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 this all is kind of occurring in I think it's important in any relationship to discuss these kinds of things um I don't think that anything is you know everything should be up for discussion in a feminist relationship and um and I think that who looks after children and what that composition looks like um is an important question that people should, should look into their own relationship um, and answer. So,
2: so Cass, I mean, do you, do you think part of the, part of the challenge there is that, like, super, one of the things that that, that strikes me, so kind of, I, I love super as well. Like, I think it's, you know, I, kind of moving here from from Canada, it, just, it blew me away. I was like, what do you mean? Kind of 9.5% of my salary goes towards my future self. But then when you wrap your head around it, it's just like, you feel like the States actually stepped in and gone, you know what? You are not capable of putting that money away yourself. And I'm like, you're probably right. But in, say, in, say, in saying that, I've always been quite struck that it's quite singular, like in terms of that it's my super, rather than when you actually step into any form of relationship, surely shouldn't that become partly, you know, as you're kind of saying, is that it becomes our super. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, I would kind of challenge inside the existing system is that maybe that's a way to actually help close the gap, so to speak.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And you brought up this great point that I should have just mentioned straight off the bat that there is this thing called contribution splitting or spousal contributions where if for whatever reason you're not working as much as your partner, you can essentially share superannuation with your, with your partner. So there's like a couple of ways that you can work and I'll, I'll leave people to like do their own research with it. But essentially you can share your superannuation with your partner. So, say if um, I was out of the workforce to look after children, um, your like my partner could nominate to put a certain percentage of, of their super into my account, um, or or just split it. So, there are a couple of really great ways to achieve superannuation equality today, and and not uh, not kind of. Look into the future and just hope that, you know, things might be divided equally if, a, you know, heaven forbid, there's a divorce or a separation or, or whatever. Um, there are actually things that people can do today. And I, th- I think that it's I think that it could be awkward for people to think about and to talk about. But. Um, but i also think that like what a power move like what an ally of a partner to like say hey you know i see that you're raising the kids right now you're not um you're not earning any superannuation like here's 50% of mine like it's kind of the ultimate feminist act
1: yeah 100% and that i think that further's your point about what super can be i get a little bit excited i'm not well super well educated in what super can do but in terms of what australia can do with its super. i think it has shape-shifting effects and it's interesting to see what verve's trying to do and understand it i suppose from an educational point of view and looking through what verve has on its offerings it sounds like it does have a bit of a financial literary, literacy component um and different offerings and that takes us to i suppose wrapping it up and understanding what you'd like to bring to verve in terms of its communication what what messages can you see that you would like to share with with its members, its future members or just interested parties?
3: Oh, great question. Let me think about that. Oh, there are so many things. Um, I want women to care about money and to get on top of their financial independence as young as possible. Like I care. I started caring about this stuff maybe three or four years ago and I wish I cared when I was 20. I wish that it was instilled in me from a young age to think about what investments are, what the Australian stock exchange is, how I can, you know, just, just take a little bit of, um, so I can take some active steps to actually invest in my own financial literacy. Women aren't really socialized to think about and talk about these kinds of things. And I think that that should shift, um, it's not because women are stupid. It's not because women are bad with money. It's just the way that we're socialised. So I think if, if there's one thing I want um, women to sort of take from this, it's that we have the power to take control of our finances and sure the financial services industry is dominated by men. It's intimidating and it's an inaccessible language often. And you kind of don't know where to start. Um, but you know, I think that's why Verve is such a great company to be a part of because we're trying to make th- that whole process really streamlined for people. Um, and essentially um, give women tools to be in charge of their own financial futures, and it's such a great gift.
2: Fantastic. And I think, you know, in terms of kind of um, from your own perspective, when you kind of actually think about uh, future, future casts, I mean, where, where do you see this all kind of heading for you? So now that you've you got a few kind of, um, I guess, months on, under your belt in terms of on the – Um, in air quotes the client side Um, what is it that kind of you know you're you're thinking about over the kind of next period of time is this kind of it for you do you think this is kind of um, where you'd actually like to land or would you like to take your kind of your your curious very prepared mind and kind of um, further your journey in other areas I mean where where would you like to be in the next few years
3: I want to learn about the financial world. So I want to understand things that I don't understand. I, I'm really on top of sex health and health and relationships having worked on ladies. We need to talk (laughs) for so long and the financial world (laughs) is a new world for me. And I just want to nerd out and learn as much as I can about, about stuff that I felt, you know, kind of just like it wasn't, it wasn't for me. Um, but the other thing is that I'm studying psychology, so I think hopefully down the track I'll be a qualified psychologist because at the end of the day, I'm actually just really fascinated by people. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, that's why I got into journalism. Um, I want, I was fascinated by people and I wanted to help people. Um, and... Yeah. And all of my storytelling's kind of, um, been told through that lens. And, you know, when I'm interviewing members at Verve for our storytelling, it's always like through this really, like, I don't know, this place of like, I'm really fascinated by you as a, as a human being. Like, can you tell me more about like why you do what you do? And, um, and yeah, so I, I hope that, um, in like five or six, probably seven years, it's going to take me forever, but I will have finished my psychology degree <laughs> and hopefully I can, you know, put this all together and be, be something.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, no, you're already, uh, yeah, if I could say something, Cassie, you're definitely already already something. I mean, I think it's it's fantastic though, I guess, you know, the kind of just to, just to build out on that point in closing is that it's really, it's wonderful that these stories are actually becoming what I would say normalized. So this idea that, you know, we can actually start to talk about kind of, you know, in terms of from any types of kind of what have supposedly been, you know, I guess kind of um, pulled away in some ways from kind of the mainstream conversation. And I do think in terms of kind of, this, this kind of mix of actually being part of something that is talking about um, financial independence and actually ensuring that women do understand money and that understanding that you know I think in terms of changing that dynamic I think that's what I'm really interested in about what you're actually up to is that it's not just the dynamic of the power dynamic of the classic male um, domain what I think is really interesting is the way that you're actually going about that which is through actually being more um, highly ethical um, so to speak so I think that's a really kind of great um take out is that there's clearly a win-win
3: yeah yeah exactly it's sort of fighting um inequality on two standpoints it's like boosting women's financial literacy and their independence but also um standing for the environment and i think that you know they're sort of there are two areas where we've seen a lot of um a, a lot of kind of a male dominated approach, I suppose. Um, when we think about the corporate world and, and, and how, you know, we've just seen environmental devastation in all pockets of the world. That's, um, yeah, obviously I don't need to tell you guys it's, it's all sort of corporate greed and, and all the rest. And so there's, there's that side of things, but then when you think about the feminist agenda and elevating the status of women, it's like, it's, 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 I suppose, yeah, Verve is is fighting inequality on these two fronts. So it is it is really nice, and it's a fortuitous position to be um, working for a company that actually stands for really good things. Because <laughs> we spend so much time at work, <laughs> so you know, you kind of it's it's important, or it's at least always it's been important to me to to really believe in what you're doing.
1: Hundred mm, percent. Oh well, in seven years, Cass, look forward to seeing what you're doing in the psychology space, but um, <laughs> until then, keep up the good work. And, and thanks for chatting to us.
3: Oh, pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Thank you for listening to BAU Business
0: As Unusual. Subscribe and learn more at baupod.co. That's baupod.co.